How do you convince the world that they need a new water brand? You make it exciting and unlike any other water brand in the world. To achieve that level of differentiation and brand awareness, you might need an advertising creative at the helm with a strong internal team to come up with ideas like having an adult actress star in an ad or hiring an actual witch to attend the Super Bowl. Or maybe you infuse Tony Hawk's blood in skateboards. Or you give Steve-O a liquid death water tattoo. Now, that's how liquid death rose the ranks to brand stardom. Rocketing into the minds of consumers across the country, liquid death was founded in 2018 by Mike Cesario. And around 10 months ago, he hired Andy Pearson as a VP of creative. I sit with Andy this episode and have one of the most exciting conversations I've ever had on this podcast. Everything comes full circle. And it's quite beautiful of an episode for a man that works for a company called Liquid Death Mountain Water and whose tagline is murder your thirst. I'll give you a glimpse. Andy and his friends were able to sell dozens of cookies for $500 each to visit a special Riviera in France. It's part love story, part great branding and break-ins. Andy is willing to connect with you, actually, after, if you listen to this entire episode. To do that, you'll have to visit our Instagram, at Breaking and Entering Pod. All one word, at Breaking and Pod. You can connect with Andy, and you can see his list of recommended resources just for you. This is really an exciting episode, and I can't wait for you to listen of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Andy Pearson, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. This is a special episode. This is an interesting episode. This is one I've been excited for. And a lot of my friends that I've talked to are excited to hear this episode because I've been hinting at it with them. So Andy, welcome. Tell us who you are and why why you are here. Oh, that's a lot of pressure that I'm going to have to perform now. I'm Andy Pearson. I am the VP of Creative at, at Liquid Death. First time over on the brand side of things, I guess. So, yeah, I kind of had like an interesting journey here and sort of now work at a super non-traditional brand for sure. Yes. And the work you guys have been doing has been hilarious. My parents talk about it. Everybody in the industry definitely talks about it. But even outside the industry, because I know we could be in a bubble sometimes where we're, we're constantly consuming content and what's making like industry trade publications you guys have Mm -hmm. transcended that and really just penetrated people and outside of our of our our little sphere of influence so i think that's so interesting and i'm curious i want to talk about like the methods behind it some of the great work i know you guys did the porn star one recently i know you guys tattooed the guy from from Jackass, well, Steve-O, you, you gave him a tattoo and only water came out and the kids drinking in the Super Bowl. You guys are just, you're not afraid. You're not intimidated and you guys have your voice. So I'm excited to talk all about that. 
me too. Cool. But yeah, your role here at Liquid Death, your VP of Creative, and you've been there for yeah. about a year now. So how has that been? Tell us what does it mean to be the VP of Creative at, uh, at, at Liquid Death? Yeah, I've been here probably closer to like actually nine months. It was, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very different coming from the agency world onto the brand side. Actually, a, a really, you know, kind of an initially tough decision for me personally. I had previously been at McKinney LA and was trying to grow that, the West Coast operations of the agency out here when um, the opportunity uh, arose at Liquid Death, the founder and CEO, Mike Cesario, reached out and just was like, hey, man, what are you up to? And uh, we started talking from there. And the, the I think the incredible thing about Liquid Death is we were founded by a creative, Mike. I, I kind of either crossed paths or had some like ships passing the night kind of things with him throughout my career at Crispin and at Chimanat and then in the freelance world as well. So we've actually kind of worked together in, or near each other, at least in some capacity mm-hmm. for four and four different places, four or five. And it was, it was a brand built by a creative. It, and it, in a sense, it was really a brand first that didn't have a product. Mike, Mike, had this idea and launched a launched a video on the Facebook page that went viral and racked up something like 4 million views on this video in five months time. And then was able to take that to investors and say like, Hey, look at this thing. We have a Facebook page that has more, you know, fans than the Aquafina Facebook page does because no, no investor in their right mind, is going to look at something they're like hey we want to brand like uh water and call it liquid death and make it look like beer that's a pretty tough pitch but then when you back it up with this with this already this sort of massive marketing and creative win it, it's harder to turn that down and so uh, you know from the very beginning it's been this not just brand but company built on creative so that's really that was the amazing, exciting part to me is when I was looking at the opportunity, I was like, if I, if I don't take this job, I never want to hear or see the name liquid death again, because I'm going to be so fucking jealous of every single thing that they do. And luckily I made the right decision. And now it's, it's a, it's a really like I said, creatively driven business where I get to oversee and and create all the marketing that we do in the, the the kind of viral marketing moments that, that you're talking about. But also I have a hand helping with, with merch, which is a part of our business as well. And doing all the like mini launches for all the drops that we do with merch. And then also involved on the social side of things, which is sort of a super, constantly always on thing that we have going so i really and then also we have a partnership with live nation so getting into the music and experiential side of Mm -hmm. things as well so it's really we're we're sort of basically trying to get our fingers into everything and turn 
whatever we get into upside down in the same way that we did by putting water in cans, essentially. Absolutely. What What is something that you've worked on in the past or a couple things that you've worked on the past nine months that you're really proud of, or maybe those viral moments or something that you're, that you really loved. It's, it's crazy because I, to say that is we do, we do something. You look almost on a monthly basis, there's some big something that we do. I think it's funny before my, before my time here, I, I'm probably the only ad creative that could be like, I couldn't care less about the Super Bowl. It just, on a personal level, that it's such a time suck and an energy in all sense of the word suck at an agency that you just spend months and months grinding on something that's mm-hmm. over in 30 seconds. And and I think I, I think our Super Bowl spot, we, we basically decided on it in maybe slight exaggeration but a matter of minutes and shot it back in like probably five or six months in advance didn't overthink didn't overthink it and just did it and then just put it out in the world and so i'm kind of proud that we just had an idea went for it and didn't overthink it and and got a really very big for what it was so i think was that, that was the, kid, the kids were drinking and the, the pregnant mom walks yeah. in yeah, oh. yeah, and the idea was, was like, basically, let's make like a an old school style beer commercial, but instead of beer, it's water, and instead of twenty one plus people, it's all kids. <laughs> so oh. it was, it was so funny. It was so funny because the reaction, people, people were like, "This is the end of Western civilization." There was just there's fifty percent of people hated it, fifty percent of people loved it, but the reaction was so strong, and. I have to tell you just on a personal level, it was the most innocent thing I've ever been a part of. We were literally in a house in Studio City here in LA with like 12 kids who were just dancing around drinking water for like six hours straight. It was so wholesome and wonderful and fun to be a part of. And so it's it's it it's so funny to hear that it was like it was it was the exact opposite of what all the critics were. Oh, there were critics. I didn't even, I couldn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know there were critics. I thought everybody kind of just understood, like everybody I knew and showed, they thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Spend any time on Twitter and you'll, that's, that's kind of the fun with Liquid Death too, is we, we obviously know that. I believe at one point we, we've said proudly not for everyone. And yeah. even in my past time before me here, we, you know, turned hate comments into, uh, a whole album and we post we'll post comments about how much people hate us we'll turn those into like ads that we run on social mm-hmm. like people love us on the internet and it's like some troll who's who's trying to take us down so yeah you guys are like when would. you do that you're untouchable i feel like, when you, yeah, yeah. like it only makes you stronger exactly yeah I, i'm just i have so many questions on like how they how you and your and your boss figure out like the tone and the branding of it from the beginning, but that that's a long story. What do we need to talk about? I guess I'm curious what's like the creative process and where do agencies come in in this in this process of creating yeah. these ads and the branding? Is it all in-house? Are you working with agencies? What's what's it look like? 
Yeah, we we work with a couple trusted agencies that we have some real personal connections with and who we think really understand the brand. I think um, it's the brand, I, I think like comedy and crazy humor and that sort of thing com- can come off as being really easy from the outside. It, it's like, oh, it's you're just making a bunch of jokes. Oh, you're just coming up with crazy stuff. But but I think the stuff that we do, the thing I really love about the brand is it's it's super nuanced. It's super considered. We really sweat every single little thing we do when you think about it. We don't overthink things, but we definitely really consider the guardrails and the humor and exactly what we're saying. Can you give us an example, maybe like on a project? Yeah. The, I guess the biggest thing I'd say is like, like a lot of times people come, well, like we don't want to go into like bro humor. Like that's for other brands to do. That's not, I, I think a lot of times people look at like a death and they're like, oh, it's skaters and it's metal and skulls. And, and there's like a lot of, there's like a lot of very like bro things that people pull might think that we we would do and so we get pitched all the time on ideas and we're just like no this is not this is not it it's so we we really are are the way i actually think about it and i I kind of realized this more recently is that rather than being a, a brand i kind of think of us as like a character that we're playing that like rather than like trying to get this list of like do's and don'ts of a, of a character or of a brand. it's like, you know, our spirit animal is Jimmy Fallon. And, you know, here are the things we do say, here are the things we don't say. And like, that's what, that's like always these like crazy brand books. I told like, we don't have a fucking brand book. (laughs) We were just having a discussion about this. Like it doesn't exist because like, I don't even know, like one to like try to write all of it down would be impossible. And then two, no one even reads that shit to begin with. Like how, how many, how many brand books have you been given like a 120 page thing? And you're like PDF and you're like, yeah, I'm never going to read this. So like, it's, it's, it's this funny, like fallacy of, of like building a brand that we have to like spend all this time figuring out. And I think for, for me, it's about, it's almost more about like, imagine we're a character and you have to get inside and you're writing a TV show for this character you're writing they're one of these characters in a show and you have to like understand who they are and their motivations and the things they would or wouldn't do and once you really start to get in the headspace of writing for a character then it becomes like much more intuitive because you understand kind of a, a deeper level and it also gives you a lot of flexibility where if you look at all our stuff it all it's all over the place and it's on purpose it's like purposely like it's like let's launch uh let's take tony hawk's blood and put in a skate deck let's mm-hmm. have a spot with kids that looks like a beer commercial let's open a vegan cannibal steakhouse restaurant like it it's all over the map but it all is coming from kind of the same central place and even within that tone i think we get to play in a lot of different things in the same way that like a character and a human are actually really complex mm-hmm. creatures and they can kind of go into a lot of spaces and they can also 
interact with people. And I think the brand itself is like, it's just a really, people want to interact with it and we want to interact back and we want to make something that feels alive and reflexive of, of people, but also can surprise them. And so I think like thinking of it as a character that we have, that I have to get into the headspace of it, or we have to, as we're doing, it actually makes coming up with the ideas way easier because you're not, you're like, oh, you just kind of look at it. You're like, oh, this is what the character would do. Like mm-hmm. given this situation, hey, if we had, if we had a Super Bowl spot, this is how we do it. If we, you know, had Tony Hawk, like how would we do that or you know, whatever it is, but, but it, it, it's just sort of a different way to approach like the, the, you know, I think more outdated sense of a brand. Gotcha. Yes. So, yeah. so you tap into some agencies to help you figure out what that character might say or do, or is that pretty much you guys? Yeah, we've worked with, we've worked with Partyland, with, with Humanot, mm-hmm. with Callan. Those are sort of our, our stable of agencies that, you know, they, they are great. They really help us out kind of sometimes like identifying that, that idea. Yeah, um, that we want to go pursue. Gotcha. Um, so, like, yeah, you and I had a hand in in the Tony Hawk idea, Tony Hawk. and yep, we have an episode where we Party talk about Land. That. Yeah, yeah, nice, and yeah, and Party Land, the uh, the Steve O water tattoo is from them. So yeah, we kind of we kind of lean on our friends when we're we have too much going on or when we think we might need a boost of ideas sure um yeah but but for the most part we really try to handle a lot of the work ourselves because again we spent we live and breathe it every day and so i think we understand the character the best yeah absolutely how many people do you are on your team i'll just say it's it's quite small okay (laughs) i'll leave it at that but but you don't need a lot of people um, like you guys if you guys understand the brand and who who's when you when you come up an idea with an idea What's that process look like? Is it just say, is it you and your CEO? And you're like, yep, we're doing it. <laughs> Sometimes it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's that easy. That's, again, that's the beautiful thing of having a, an ad creative running the, the business and the brand as well. It's like, it's like if we have an idea, we're like, it, it's not, we're not overthinking stuff where, we have to slave away late nights or chopping away at this thing and trying to un- unearth like that one idea. I, I was, I was actually literally just talking with my friend an hour ago and we were sort of saying, it's like, you get to a point in your career where you're just like, the, your first idea is probably your best idea. I, I think, <laughs> I think for a long time when you're coming up, it's like, Oh, that's such a first thought. And it's like, well, yeah. But the fact uh, for us, it's like with the fact that we're liquid death and we're, you know, already have this, you know, crazy thing that we're going to try to do or promote or whatever. Like a lot of times the first thought, it's probably the best idea. So it it really frees us up to like quickly go after that and, and not not think about it and just make stuff, make a, make stuff quickly. And it just it's why we're able to do why we're able to be really lean. We're still a startup. And are we also able to do so much stuff is because a slaving away, like pitching stuff internally or making decks for people, or it's, it's more about like, cool, let's go. That's idea is funny. Let's go make it now. 
which is again from, coming from the agency world it's yeah it's there's a there's a lot of parts i love about this job but um that's that's one of the one of the best things for sure i love it i love it yeah and you mentioned that your boss the, the ceo or the founder what mike co-founder yeah co-founder and ceo he was he was <clears throat> what agencies was he at Oh, man. About you. He he was originally at well, I I kind of like overlapped with him at Crispin for okay um, a brief period of time. He had he'd been at like he was actually at Humanot before my wife and I kind of became a part of Humanot a couple of years back. I think he was out at like 11 in San Francisco. He was at a place in Philly. He So you guys have been there for a while. Okay. And he started overlap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask when did when did Liquid Death when did he start Liquid Death? It's about 3 years old now. Okay. Wow. But but it's kind of interesting because if you look at like he was at Vayner, learned a lot of stuff there, learned a lot of stuff from Crispin, learned a lot of stuff at Humanot. He ended up going to Donor LA where I helped work with him on a freelance basis but there's a lot of there's like a the dna of a lot of those places in in the brand when you look at it and the things that we prioritize and the, the way we act comes from a lot of kind of that same background so i think it i think it makes sense to have people that sort of had the, some of the similar um career sort of nurturing and and marinating if you will that he did to like bring me in that we, we knew we had a lot of crossover in the way we, we okay. thought about things. Yeah. Interesting. So I want to dive yeah. into now. I would love to keep on talking. We'll, we'll hint back at it. Um, I <laughs> yeah. want to maybe get some, what your next ideas might, some things coming up in the pipeline, but you probably won't tell me, but later on, but for <laughs> now I want to get to understand a little bit how you broke in name the podcast, yeah. breaking and entering advertising. So, your story yeah. where does it take place when did you realize you wanted to do advertising <clears throat> no man i was sitting i thought i was gonna be a journalism major in college and i was sitting in a, a big lecture lecture class like advertising 101 and i was just taking it just to like for just some giggles and i remember the professor had this example of like he said, and I don't know if this is true or not. I've, I've tried to research this and I can't, I can't corroborate this, but it doesn't really matter because it was the idea. But he was like, years ago, there were three words that they added to the bottle of A1 steak sauce and it caused an immediate 20% jump in sales or something like that. And the three words were refrigerate after opening. And a whole idea was that for every one time you open your pantry door, which is where A1 steak sausage previously been kept because it's shelf stable. It didn't, it had its full preservatives. It doesn't need to go into right. the refrigerator. For every one time you open your pantry door, you open your refrigerator door 10 times. And right. so it was just merely by getting, by people seeing it and using it instead of getting to the pantry, it was in the refrigerator and people are pulling it out and using it that had an immediate impact on sales and that kind of like blew my little brain on, on just like what 
what the possibilities are of advertising. And I think it, I think it was, it was sort of also like when I look back and then it's a good example of the way that I think I like to approach and solve things is in a very sort of non-linear, non-traditional way. Like I said before, like I honestly could care less about making a Super Bowl spot, but if it's a Super Bowl spot that like, that makes the whole world do a double take and pisses people off and does that. Like now, now we're talking. Yep. Like Something the Coinbase one, like amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's like, why are we just making pretty moving pictures? So I think that's kind of been, been my, been what gets me excited my whole career. But I, yeah, I, I went there and then I went to the <clears throat> creative circus. Rest well, why did you go to creative circus? RIP. RIP. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you go to the? You went to Georgia, right? Which is a, yeah, a pretty yeah, famous yeah. ad school. Undergrad. Yeah, but it school. was it was really turning out it, at the time. It was really turning out like account managers and media people and stuff yeah. like that. Most undergrads. And I was like, exactly. And I was just and I was like, oh, I kind of realized late in the game. I was like, I was doing creative on a project. I was like, oh, I want to be a creative. You know. And so I was like, my last year there, I realized I was like, well, I'm going to have to go do two two more years anyway. So I yeah. went to the Creative Circus and just had an incredible, incredible time there. Did you make um, a LinkedIn and, post commemorating your experience there? <laughs> I just like commented on a lot of other people. Yeah, uh, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting until there's less noise and then I can make it. I've um, literally seen that same post. It's like, all right, now that there's less noise, I want to shout out creative. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. No, it's um, it speaks to how great the institution is, but wait, what, what you realize late, like I want to just want so people can understand this. Yeah. You realize yeah, yeah. late in your undergrad, you want to be creative. Like what's late. Rough. Late is like my senior year, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the whole program, I was like, I was taking like ethics and advertising classes, of course. media planning classes, because I was thought I was like media because it was within the journalism school. So it's like when you when you think of it in the framework of journalism, I think it's a much more academic take on it. And then we were doing these big group projects where I was, quote unquote, the creative director on it. And I was like, oh, this is what it is. Right. Like this, the writing, the funny things and coming up with the ideas, the crazy <laughs> strategy, like that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's, that's advertising. Right. And, and so, and I was okay with that. I was like, cool. I, I had a great time in undergrad, but I kind of quickly identified that I needed to, um, to, to like continue developing the creative side of it. And I found when I got to creative circus, I actually ended up having to unlearn a lot of the things that I learned in undergrad. It's just sort of that was I was like, oh, I gotta I, now it's just about like taking pictures of my poop in a toilet bowl and stapling it into a into a sketchbook and drawing some crazy shit around. It was like going back to preschool again. You had to kind right. of like deconstruct yourself and then build yourself back up. And so that was that was the fun of ad school was just like rebuilding your creative self in this and, and feeding into this way that I never really knew you could before. Love that. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So you did that um, two years internship, maybe well, what, what happened after that? What was your break in? Well, 
Well, it was actually, the, this is, my break-in was actually before my two years was up. So I was, we, my, one of my friends who now happens to be my wife, Liza Bayless, and I worked on a project together that we applied for, we, we put in for the Can Future Lion Award. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning it along with, another another team who Katie Hornday is now the like CCO at Barkley and Karen Dreffy is she was the like head of Under Armour for a bit I'm not sure where she's now Dreffy's not her last name anymore I forget her last her new last name but but basically like we won two out of the five future lines in the world that year and the hilarious thing the funny thing was like we found out we won and we we're like where is can how do you pronounce it <laughs> we did, like Cans. we just had no we, yeah we were, we just like had no idea what we we're doing so do you go there or like if you win it i have no clue no. yeah so we didn't either and basically we found out we won we were freaking out this is in my six quarter in the sixth quarter we're like freaking out we're like oh my god we won can and then we get this follow-up email that comes to us through the placement director that was like hey just wanted to see if you guys were going to be in can next week to pick up your award and we were next like, week if we're you know we're like yeah. in can next week <laughs> like, and we're like we we don't know where can is it's, a, it's in so indiana just, you know people didn't know yeah, can indiana like google google mapping like can and we're like oh my god it's in france like this shows how like we had no idea what's going on and and so we quickly looked like plane tickets and all that it was like oh to fly four people to the french riviera in a week is gonna be like six grand right there out the door and then to pay for hotels for a week and all that that's another four grand so we're like well, okay, so we need to raise, as students, we need to have $10,000 literally tomorrow. Like, what are we going to do? And so I think we just, like, went to the, I was like, well, how do they raise money in movies? <laughs> I don't know why that was the 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 go-to, but I was like, we could do a, throw a kegger. And I was like, well, I like, oh, I've lost money on every kegger I've ever thrown. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, or like a car wash. Or it was like, I don't like, how are we going to do this? And then we kind of came up with this idea. We're like, what if we had a bake sale and we just sold cookies for $500 a piece? And then that way we only have to sell 20 cookies because each one is going to cost $500. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that would work. Yeah. And, well, not just in theory, because like we, we basically overnight, we had this amazing photographer friend, Bobby Prokenbeck, who shot like a photo of us with this like banner that said cookies for can and we threw it threw up like a really basic website overnight and just tried to like blast out to like to literally every every high up at an agency that we knew all the ad blogs at the time it was like oh man ad rants and like all the all the like old school advertising blogs that existed back then and pulled an all-nighter to get this thing up and then the next day, like it was like crickets, and we're like, we're never going to France. And 
a couple hours later, we got an, we got a call from from Leo Burnett, and they were like, "Hey, we want to buy it." And Wait, so say that again. You, you like, cut out right. Th- you cut out for a second there. Oh, Leo Burnett called and said, "What? We want to buy a dozen cookies." And so literally, they were they were basically like, "Here's six thousand dollars right here." Oh my god! And um. And then it got posted to some of the ad blogs and we started getting press off of it. And then AKQA, who hosts the award, was like, hey, we'd love to buy two cookies. And then we nice. had a couple other people come come in and donate their own money or agency money and all this stuff. And so literally within about 24 hours, we'd raised the 10 grand that we needed. Which was just incredible, humbling. Just it was it was nuts and and it was kind of the first time that i'm aware of at least that like a student group had tried to do kind of like this viral breakthrough moment to to promote themselves and wow and that is yeah and so yeah and so we got all the money we went to can we had this amazing amazing week there and then on top of that we were like the cookie kids yeah we're going over because everyone had seen it so we got right. to talk to all these we weren't just like random students we had already had this we'd gotten all this press off of this thing and and so people wanted to talk with us and and chat and so it wasn't just like a free trip to can it was also this amazing time where we got to meet david of david and goliath and all, all like all these high-powered people and and as a result of that Katie and Karen, their their idea that they had was for Starbucks, and they met a recruiter from Wyden Kennedy at a party, and she offered them a job to come work on Starbucks at Wyden. Oh my and goodness! They were talking about it, and then ended up Katie wanted to go to Crispin because her her boyfriend was actually an a, account guy there, and so. They were like uh, Lauren, the recruiter from Lauren Ranke uh, from mm-hmm. Wyden. She just left there. She she reached out to me and was like, "Hey, Karen needs a partner. Do you want to come be Karen's partner in Portland?" And uh, yeah, so like basically a year and a half through school, we got offered a kind of like a basically a freelance to hire position at Wyden, and so left school to to go do that. So you, um, yeah, I would have left right there. It's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the the real and then the really crazy thing is, we we ended up doing that job two or three months, and we're coming up at the end of the time, and they're they're like, hey, we want to offer you the we want to offer you the position, like full time, mm-hmm. but for some reason there's this hiring freeze, agency wide at the moment. And I had, I had, uh, there was, there was a portfolio review for creative circus happening like that week in New York and I didn't need a job. All my friends were still in school and they were still working. And I basically booked a ticket because I didn't know whether I was going to get this wine thing. And I was like, they're like, go to New York, have fun at this, at the portfolio review and then come back and we'll have the papers for you to sign. And so I went and honestly, I was probably like a huge D bag at this review. Cause I, 
didn't need to be there because I was like, oh, I just got this uh, my offer at Wine and Kennedy. And meanwhile, my friends are like sweating two years of work trying to shake their money makers for recruiters and stuff. And I, I, in retrospect, I, I probably was not as nice about it as I should have been. But as we're sitting there, like an hour or two in, Karen come or uh, one of the one of the recruiters I'd been, I've been talking to people and I was like, oh, I actually don't need a job. I'm, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I Ugh. have this thing from wide. And when people when people are like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, what? so what's your deal? And I was like, oh, I actually was already going to come, but hold on, so I told the story. And like the third person I talked to, she came back and she had her Blackberry and she was like, hey, did you see this? And it was this ad age news alert that was like, I sort of the headline was, Wyden and Kennedy and Starbucks decide to part ways. Uh-oh. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And that was why there was a hiring freeze and it was so secretive that they didn't basically Dan Wyden and other people decided that, that, that Starbucks, they just wanted to cut ties. And so I basically got laid off from a job that I had not yet signed paperwork to get. Right. <laughs> and But you were working there. Were and, you interning there right before that? Yeah, I was. Yeah. But the end of my, it was a freelance thing. But it was like right. a freelance to hire Freel- type deal. Right. And so the, the contact was contract. It was basically coming to an end. And so right. I was a, right. mo- a week out from that. And so I basically lost the job that they were about to hire me full time. Right. For. Right, and you're acting and, like a d bag, saying like, "I don't need you guys." Well, <laughs> in a way. I, I wasn't acting like a d bag. I was just like, I probably was a little. I guess I was probably more smug than I should have been. Sure, to sure. My, but that or, that a little cockiness, friend. a little confidence might actually help you out. So I'm curious, like, well, what happened? From the that. crazy thing is, but then it's like I literally lost my job in a portfolio review. So it's like so you actually can't lose your job in a work in a better place than that. Right. So the rest of the day, people are like, so where are you at? And I was like, well, until about half an hour ago, I had a job at Wyden and Kennedy, Portland. And then the really crazy thing was I ended up landing at, I landed at Crispin Porter Bogusky like really shortly thereafter mm-hmm. because the recruiter was the, the first person I talked to in that day was the recruiter from Crispin mm-hmm. who, and he didn't even know about the whole, I talked to him before the whole wine thing went down Yeah, and he just reached out randomly. It was like, like a month later, I was like, Hey, I really like your stuff. Like if the wine thing doesn't work out, let me know. And let I was like, know. Oh my God. It didn't um, work out. And what, yeah. And what I didn't know until like actually a year or two later was that the cookie for can thing had been passed around within the walls of Crispin and like from the press on that, they were like, oh, we have to hire this kid. Right. And so it was this crazy, this like wild chain of events in like literally three months of my life from start to finish was this like whirlwind of can and widen and crispin and all the cookies and all this stuff all happening at once. And then so I through that whole thing, I ended up at Crispin for about five years and really like ended up cutting my teeth there. Yeah. So I was very lucky. And um, you got married. I did, yeah. To much later, but yes, to uh, my my future alliance partner. So it worked oh, out. It's a great story. <laughs> we actually had Dan. Yeah, we also had Dan Balzer, who was the head of uh, the yeah. department at Creative Circus. He was our officiant at the wedding. So it was just oh, it's all that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's got an episode on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. 
he's a good dude. Yeah, nice as I could be. Yeah. Wow. I, I have so many questions about that story, but I guess like, what are the main takeaways? Like, what can we synthesize from? Like, what can we learn from this? When you have to win a can, a future yeah. can line, come up with a really That's interesting press release, and then raise <laughs> money and go to can network, get hired at Widen. Yep. Like, what, what what do we have to? What what can we? It's that simple. To? <laughs> so, we- I think. <laughs> no, I think. The the thing that I I hate quotes. I think they're lazy, but I'm about to use one. I I think one of my favorite quotes is just that it's like this idea of like the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. And I was kind I was serious before when I said I I really just got lucky. And I think that's true. That's what it takes in this this career. It's like lucky that someone thinks your idea that you thought was kind of funny is like worth posting on their blog and lucky that the right person saw it at Leo and, and, and they reached out and had the money to do that. It's like a lot of luck. When you, when you work at stuff, you put yourself in the right situations for, for luck to happen. And, and I, as a student and even beyond, I think I always approached my, career or my potential career with the same energy I wanted to put against making great work. And I think for like, for people who want to be creative communicators as a profession, every communication you should have is, should be creative. Right. And so it, so like, I kind of briefed myself in a way when I was in school was like, the product is me, the target market are creative directors who I want to work for. And my budget is $0. <laughs> like right. go, what do I do with that? And so when you approach your, your career in that way, I, I think it becomes a fun thing to solve, just like a fun ad to a fun ad to make. And when you approach it with that kind of like problem solving and, and fun, it just becomes a lot easier to do and it. And it, and people can kind of feel it. And so I think like, Again, that lightheartedness of the idea of cookie for cookies for can, like that's what people sparked to, and they saw that we were having fun with it, and then they wanted to help us. So, yeah, I think throughout the, and again, like it, going all the way back to Liquid Death, it's like the idea was was it's like let's put water in a can because no one else does that. Like let's step back for a second and, and think about this. It's like why does no one put water in a can? Well, it's actually this this marketing misconception that everyone has played into for you know countless years that like consumers need to see the water inside of the can to know that it's pure water. Like that's really mm. the only reason why water comes in plastic bottles is because they don't think that people like they think people need to see it. But we drink all kinds of stuff out of opaque cans all the right. time. But because of this like marketing, this marketing idea that we had to do this has led to literally our oceans and beaches and we're filling with plastic single-use plastic waste right it's literally a marketing problem that's generated the pacific garbage patch and and all these other you know health problems that come of it and so it's like so let's look at that and let's find a creative solution that 
is un unlearning and unthinking all the things that have come before us and, and from like an outsider creative perspective from the industry. It's the same, same thing of like, hey, how do we increase sales? Let's put three words on an A1 steak sauce bottle. Like maybe the best solution isn't just making another ad. Maybe it's something else. And so I think like maybe the best solution for your career isn't just going on LinkedIn and trying to stalk people that way or however people are doing it. Like maybe it's finding your own kind of path and in, in, in approaching it in this really creative manner that you'll enjoy a lot more. And I guarantee you will be lead you to a lot more success throughout your career. I love it. I'm at a loss for words. This is uh, you tied <laughs> up nicely. This is, this is fantastic episode. Fantastic. I was sweating episode. that one. I was, I was really trying to tie it all together. You tied it well. I was, I was, you got it. I, I wasn't worried one bit. I knew you had it all taken care of. Can people reach out to you? I, I know we'll list your resources uh, that you recommend in our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, but anything, how can people reach out to you? Is it on LinkedIn? Do they need to be creative and maybe sell you a cookie or what's the way to do that? I mean, I'm easily bribed. I I'm <laughs> look, I'm a sucker for great, for great ideas that like, get you noticed if it's, if it's a good one, I think there's also a lot of bad ways to do kind of gimmicky stuff. Yes. So, it's a fine um, line for sure. It's a fine line. It's really hard. It's, it's, that's what we're doing with liquid death. It's a fine line and we have to, yeah, the guy that yeah, Matt Kennedy I'm, I'm, requested somebody fifty grand for to be a junior copywriter at High Dive in Chicago. That was that right. was awesome. Like that was it yeah, was subtle, exactly. easy. It blew up. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, it, it's oh, it, you don't again. It has it can be super. It can be zero dollars. It can be a very simple idea that you come up with in five minutes. It doesn't have to. You don't have to overthink it. But yeah, yeah, I'm happy. LinkedIn. I'm all over the internet. You can find me. My my site is not updated. I even wrote this sickurl.com that has my contact info there or just reach out my emails, andypearson1.0 at gmail.com. Perfect. Yeah, I'm always happy to help. Like people help me along the way. So I'm 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 very grateful to to like I said, all the people along the way that help me along and there's many more that I haven't even listed. We didn't even get to talk about here. So hopefully I can you know, do the same for a handful of other people as well. Great. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I have no more questions. Great. All right. That's all I got too. <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming on. All right. Yeah. Thanks, man. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising strategy design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity. If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie. Or... Just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests, better break-ins. If you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram 
at breaking and entering pod. It's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn. They want to connect. So do that. And thank you. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Uchan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency. And it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much. And we will see you next week with another amazing guest.